What's up, friends? Welcome to Web3 Academy, a place for entrepreneurs, creators, and marketers to explore and learn how to use Web3 to transform business models and create thriving communities. Enjoy this next episode. GM, GM. What's up, friends? Welcome to Web3 Academy. It is the weekly news roll-up. I am Jay Hamilton, hitting you up from Toronto this week. And as always, I'm with my co-host, Kyle Rehead. What's up, Kai? What is up, my friends? I can't believe it's June. This is the first roll-up in June. And how the heck is it June already? This is insane. What a year. Just wild. I'm gonna I'm gonna be 37 years old on Saturday. Who announces his Choo-choo age on, on the podcast? Wow, you're still young. <laughs> still young and you, still you young and beautiful. Is that you know? It's, <laughs> it's my long hair. Uh, all right. Well, before before we get into the news, uh, which we have lots of today, we're gonna talk about how to get a job in Web three. We're gonna talk about uh, NFTs. Uh, a lot of news as there is every week in the NFT world. Uh, what's going on there? We're going to chat about social in Web3. Uh, some new exciting things coming out in social. I mean, there's tons coming out constantly, but some news to share. Uh, and um, sort of some perspectives that I think Kai and I both love to share. Uh, then we're going to talk about um, what a new segment that we're calling the ones and twos, all about layer one and layer two blockchains. So we're going to hit you up every week with what's going on on the ones and twos and we have a big announcement well we're gonna talk about jobs and we have a big announcement that's That's right we got a big we got a big announcement uh and then we're gonna wrap up with some uh some quick hits um but before we get to uh, our announcement and all the news uh kyle what are you grateful for this week uh (laughs) this is a little bit embarrassing uh but for (laughs) For some people in the world, they're going to be like, yes, I am grateful for country music. <laughs> I haven't listened. So I grew up listening to country music when I was younger. I'm from Canada. So it's somewhat popular there, I guess. Um, but uh, I went to a, a school in the country. So a lot of people listen to it. But anyway, I haven't listened to country music in a really long time. I was talking to a friend and she brought up a bunch of uh, uh, artists and things from country music. So I listened to it this morning and man, I had a blast this morning just jamming out the country music. So uh, that's my gratitude today. Don't be haters, people. I like other kind of music too, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden he checks his Twitter and a whole yeah. bunch of people hating on country music. Uh, uh, I, I am I'm not grateful for country music, but I've I'm from I'm from the city. I'm not from the country. I'm not I'm not a rural I'm not a rural guy. I've never been a country music fan. Uh, before before we started recording, Kyle was blasting Garth Brooks and uh, uh, I was it was, was Kenny Chesney. Was, it was, was Kenny Chesney. Oh, sorry. Sorry. See, that shows how much I know about country music. Yeah. Uh, I am grateful for airplanes. Uh, I flew yesterday from uh, from Vancouver to Toronto, uh, where I'll be for the next month. And I just, I love flying. I think it's the most miraculous, incredible uh, human accomplishment that we can put people up in the sky and travel across you know, countries, continents in a matter of hours while watching a movie and having Wi-Fi. I worked the entire time I was on this plane. I had great Wi-Fi uh, and then land on the other side. And I also had a mac and cheese on the plane. Like it was amazing. I was loving it. But, but, but at the same time, airports are the most stressful 
awful places. Like everybody's so pissed off the whole experience. Everybody's pissed. It doesn't matter if you work at the airport, if you're a flight attendant, if you're a security, or if you're the per I mean, the most pissed people are the people actually flying the planes, which like holy shit, what a miracle that we're flying planes. And everybody's grumpy. Oh, we're sitting on the tarmac for too long. Oh, uh, you know, I, uh, my bag is, I can't find my bag. It's delayed. Like, just be patient. Like, yeah. it's all coming. It's, it, it, I just, yeah, I get, I can't believe, I want to make flying cool again. You know, like, I want to, I want Does people Web3 to fix this. Is that the transition? Does Web3 fix? Does it fix <laughs> I, <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I always have a great time I when I travel. And I travel a lot, um, but I enjoy it. I don't know why everyone's so pissed off in the airports and on planes. Like, just don't have expectations. I don't know. There you go. Anyway. Yeah. No expectations. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's, should, should we, should we talk first about uh, how to get a job in Web3 or should we go with our big announcement, Kai? Well, let's go with word of the week. Oh, Web3 ahead. word of the week. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I feel like you forget this every time. The Web3 word of the week is build. Just build. Mm. That's what we got to do right now. Is everyone just building. And uh, Web3 Academy is building. We're building and we're launching and we're excited to announce uh, that soon. I think this is a lot of a lot of people right now are just heads down, focused on building. Uh, and that's exactly what everyone needs to do. We just got to keep building and, and making mm -hmm. the space um making this space what we want it to be, right? It's not ready yet. We had this amazing adoption in 2020, 2021, and a bunch of people came in and it wasn't ready, unfortunately. So we got to mm -hmm. keep building. Let's make it ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great word. And great. It's really, that's the simple focus for right now. Uh, and whoever is building right now, you are going to be the ones that benefit long-term because right the biggest web three apps are coming out of this bear market. No doubt. Absolutely. Which is why we are going to start this episode off talking about getting a job in web three uh, and the best ways to do that. So if you are in the web two world, there is a lot of people in web three that are hiring right now, a lot, and they are paying more than web two. They are obviously creating mm -hmm. and doing more innovative things than what the web two world is. Um, there's so much opportunity in here. So we want to start the show off talking about um, getting jobs in Web3. Yeah. Uh, and so let's start with a, sort of a, a little bit of a framework of what what should you do? You're, you're sitting there, you're thinking, okay, I want a job in Web3. What what are the steps I should do? How, how should I prepare myself for a job in Web3? What are the skills that I need to have to show on uh, my resume? And we're speaking generally here. We're not necessarily speaking specifically to, I think a lot of jobs in Web3 that people think about are the devs. We're not just speaking to devs. We're speaking to anybody who wants to transition into a job in Web3. So just to start off the framework, let's just talk about sort of the five things that we see that would be really helpful for anybody looking at a job in Web3. First is- and This is from an article we're reading from, by the way, that we found. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, Guy. Uh, first is- a passion for crypto, NFTs, or Web3. I mean, it seems rather obvious, but I think it's what comes with passion is participation. And that's the big thing that we really see. You know, if you are looking for to get a job in Web3, well, make sure that you are participating in Web3. Get a Web3 wallet, get a few different wallets, test them out, learn about wallets, 
buy your first NFT. You don't need to spend huge amounts of dollars on NFTs. You can buy, I bought my first NFT, what, just a few months ago, back in March. You know, it shows how, you know, how, how, how new even I am to this space, right? Uh, and I bought it for 20 bucks just to try and to experience. Uh, it has not gone up in value and I don't ever expect it to. I think it's actually gone down in value, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. So uh, buy some crypto, um, put some, get some tokens in your wallet. Uh, try using that crypto for whether it be purchasing NFTs or whether it be, um, maybe it's some DeFi stuff. DeFi is probably a little bit more complex, uh, but really the way to develop that passion is to use it. So that's the first thing, have a passion for it and be able to discuss it and share it. Um, second is communication abilities that are both written and vocal. I think this is really key for any, any job now, but particularly any tech job is people need to be able to communicate written because so much of the way we communicate now is online. We're not always vocal. We're not always in an office anymore, pretty much never in an office. Uh, so you need to be able to communicate written and you also need to be able to communicate through vocal. Uh, and I think the other thing we would say here, and Kai, you might jump in here, is have an opinion. Yeah. Really believe in something. I, I think... Um, and I, you're going to go through the last three here, but my main takeaway is if you want to get a job in Web3 is like, no one is experienced in this space yet. So you don't need experience. That's the mm -hmm. one thing I think people get caught up in like, oh, well, I'm not experienced enough Web3. And it's like, yo, nobody is experienced in Web3. People are hiring just capable people. Are mm -hmm. you capable? Meaning like, can you just do things? Do you have skills? And if you have some skills and you can have your own opinions and you can like be a doer, essentially, like everyone in Web3 will hire you right now, right? Mm -hmm. Because like they don't need somebody's experience. They need someone to come in and like, like there are a lot of startups, right? And in startups, mm -hmm. you need people that can wear multiple hats and are just capable of doing a lot of things. So if that's you, like um, definitely a, a passion is, is huge, right? They want people that, that uh, are in this. And then, yeah, communication is huge because everything is education right now. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, yeah. it's all about being capable. What are the other three there, Jay? Why don't you run through those? Number three is familiarity with Discord, Twitter, and Telegram social right. media communities. That's where the Web3 community is. Uh, you should be in Discord. You should be on Twitter. Uh, be active if you can. Even if you're not active, just be there. See what the see what the community and what the, the Web3 world is talking about. I mean, it's a very active online community. And then Telegram as well. Those are the three platforms that you should be active on. Number four, you should have a genuine desire to engage in dialogue with the rest of the Web3 community, which sort of comes back to what we were saying of just be, be there, be present, be, be active, have an opinion, be involved. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean, as you, Kyle said quite well, you don't need to have experience, just be involved. Uh, it's sort of like right now, you know, you just need to show up to the party. You don't need to be the right. best partier, right? Exactly. Like, you don't even need to know how to party. You just need to show up. <laughs> uh, and then number five is being self-motivated, detail-oriented, a critical thinker, and a problem-solver individual, which again, really connects to what Kyle was saying is Web3 is, it's moving so fast that it's more about having the person who can create quickly, can execute quickly, can look at details, can review things, can think critically and can solve problem solve as opposed to having somebody who's got like 20 years of experience doing this because nobody does. Right. 
And by the way, if you're wondering, you know, should you go Web3? Why should you work Web3? I mean, there's a couple of just things like one, almost every job is remote. So like if you ever wanted to work remote, there are so many people hiring Web3 and they're almost all remote. So that's huge. You're in a extremely, probably one of the fastest growing industries in the world. So like there's a good chance that this company is going to be there for a very long time if it's a good company that you're working for. Uh, and so the possibilities and the opportunities in that company are endless. So that's huge. And I think they're very well funded. So like I, we'll go through some numbers in a second, but I think, you know, you can get paid, you can get paid real well mm -hmm. in web three. Um, so, so why not? But I think the key thing here is like, look, you don't need to be experienced. You just need to be capable and have some interest. As Jay said, uh, if you can do that, you're golden. It's time to go web three. We need you in this space. The, the other reason why I would say to go web three is you have the opportunity to be early in right. what we believe is going to be the biggest innovation cycle of the next next hundred years. Right. So, you know, if you were if if you were to go into an industry that's been around for fifty years, you can never be the expert. It would be hard. It would be very hard to become the expert. Right. There's just going to be. There's always going to be people. You know, you go into automobile. There's going to be millions of people who've been in automobile for decades longer than you, right? right. Um, I don't know why I picked automobile as an, as an example. Uh, but if you come into Web3, in 10 years, you're going to be the OG Web3 person, right? Right. Uh, right? And that really can set you up for a long-term successful career. Well, and actually, quick story. So my ex-girlfriend, who was a nurse, mm -hmm. uh, she wanted to mm -hmm. go remote. And I was obviously, at the time, was talking a lot about Web3. And so I pushed her to apply to a crypto exchange, which she didn't know anything about crypto, uh, but I helped her write her cover letter, which was very like crypto friendly and whatever. And, um, and so she had no experience in the space, didn't even know much, but she was capable. And so she started just as a role, like a low end role as like a um, customer service, um, mm -hmm. like support kind of thing. And basically her sales pitch was like, look, I can do customer support. I'm a nurse. That's what I do, but in the real world. So yeah, I can do that like online easily. Of course, like that's what I'm very capable of. And so they hired her and now she's already managing the entire customer service um, floor. She was helping with like bringing on the credit card to their, to this exchange, um, like just like leveled up within like six, seven months. It was insane how fast right. she grew because, yeah. you know, she was just early and um, mm -hmm. there's just so much opportunity in Web3 right now. It's crazy. Yeah, the pace of growth is, yeah, it's full of opportunity. You mentioned salaries. Let's just chat a little bit about salaries uh, because I do think, you know, people wonder like, should I go into Web3? Well, how much am I going to get paid, right? Uh, and obviously we all need to make money to make a living. Uh, so, and thankfully salaries in Web3 are quite high and quite good. Let me just run through. I've got a list here um, of non-tech salaries in Web3. Product managers, average yearly salary, 112,000. Project managers, 97,000. Finance, 80,000. Design, 80,000. Marketing, 75,000. Community manager, 60,000. Social media manager, 55,000. Sales, 55,000. Legal, I don't know why legal, this this number has to be wrong. Yeah, uh, this must be legal. Legal is probably about probably about 100 to 150,000. But also what this doesn't include is that on any Web3 company you work for, you're almost guaranteed that you're going to get tokens as well. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's like mm -hmm. a DAO or a protocol or whatever, like you're going to get tokens as well, um, which obviously has some great potential. Um, so it, there's more than just 
um, more than just a salary, I believe. And this is just the averages. There's obviously maxes, which are crazy high. Um, and so yeah, you can get your, you can get paid, man. You can get paid in web three. <laughs> and just to go through yeah. some developer tech salaries. Uh, oh my gosh. Like these are, if you're a developer out there, you know, I, I won't even go through all of these, but you're looking somewhere in the range of 70,000 to 500,000 for, you know, senior developer, lead developer, CTO, smart contract developer, node developer, full stack developer, solidity developer. All of these are, are bringing in big, big dollars. Yeah. And I mean, look, if you want to be a developer in the web three space, you can just go take some courses and like, there are not that many developers in this space. So like you want to make yourself uh, like demand for yourself. You just go and you learn something in web three as a developer and holy shit, you will have offers like crazy. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good point is there is a really great opportunity right now. If if you're the type of person who, as we said before, is a doer and can get things done, but you maybe don't have the skills that some of these roles require, well, right now you could go and within one to three months, you could develop the necessary skills to get right. a 100,000 plus a year job. Like right. that is, there's not very often in periods of time where there's opportunities like that. So much opportunity here. Okay, let's go to the next one. Because guys, what? if you want a job in Web3, we are now going to help you. Web3 Academy is literally here to help you guys get a job. And the way that we're going to do this is through something that is called the Web3 Academy Doer Collective. So basically what we are doing here is there's kind of a few components to this, um, but essentially you can apply to join our collective. And so anyone who's part of our Web3 Academy community that listens to the podcast or reads the, their newsletter or is in our, our, our Discord, um, you can apply, join in, and it's basically like creating a little profile on here, almost like a digital resume, let's call it. And essentially what's going to happen is based off everyone who applies and joins our collective, we are going to go out and we talk to a lot of companies in the space and we are going to bring them all in to join into this collective as well and basically bring them to you. So you just create a profile and we're going to find all the best Web3 and crypto companies and go, hey, here's our collective, people that listen to us, people that follow um, you know, us on Twitter, et cetera, and have been learning from us. Um, these are people in the space that are doers and we're going to connect you. Well, I guess we're going to connect them to you. Um, mm -hmm. And so that they can just reach out and talk to you. Um, and so whether you're looking for a job, maybe you're just like open to hearing what's available or what's out there. You can set your status to whichever you want. And companies like Coinbase and Unstoppable Domains and all the big companies in Crypto and Web3, we're going to be flooding over to our collective. Um, so mm -hmm. if you are interested in working Web3, this is your opportunity to get in front of all of the right people, all of the top opportunities. Um, so um, we're super excited to do this. Uh, yeah. So if you can see it on the screen, you can see that we have this sort of curated list um, and it's very simple. Uh, the link is in the show notes below for you to join this collective. It's the first day we're doing this, we're just launching it. So um, you might even be the first one in. Um, we already actually have a job board. So a bunch of companies in Web3 that are like, hey guys, before you do that, can I put my job posting up there? Um, you can go to it. Let's see what, what kind of jobs there are. But if you click on yeah. jobs, so you can already go and look and there's a bunch of jobs and opportunities for you already, but highly recommend you go to the talent collective, which is in the show notes below and you sign up there um, because that's where you're going to get the most 
um, the most reach and in, in companies seeing you. And also if you're a company that's hiring uh, and you need help hiring, you can also go to that collective and you can sign up to be a part of that. Um, and it's just an application and we, we approve. So, um, but if you look on our job board, I mean, we have social media marketing, community managers, staff writers, PR, um, Web3 Sherpa, uh, <laughs> designer, DAO lead, growth marketing manager, community manager, events manager, that's cool. Head of community, uh, video editor, motion graphics designer, copywriter, so many, and this is just like the first page. So there's so much opportunity. Basically, we're going to create a page where you guys can just go to and you'll always have the ability to either find jobs or get yourself in front of uh, all the big companies in the space. So um, yeah, excited to to do this and excited to have you guys in there and super excited to start connecting people to, to their dream jobs. That's really one of our goals with Web3 Academy mm-hmm. is to onboard people from Web2 into Web3. And we figured this is one of the best ways that we can do that. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, I was. That's what I was going to ask. Just like why we're doing this, and why we're doing this is because our community told us that there's a large majority of you that are looking for jobs in Web three, and we want to help our community. That's why we started Web three Academy is to onboard millions of people into Web three, and we've learned that a lot of you are trying to figure out how to get jobs, and so we want to help make that transition easier for you. We want to help you get the best jobs. And we want to do it because Web3 is fucking fun. Like, this is where the fun's at. Like, come join us. It is fun here. People are great. There's so much opportunity. It's such a collaborative space. I, I, can't, I can't say enough about how unique the space of Web3 is for your career and for your work. It's, it couldn't be better. I guess we should add that it's also free. Um, so web3academy.palette.com is where you got to go. Um, but also the uh, link is in the show notes. Um, but hell yeah, let's get on board with three. Also, this is just a tease. I'm not going to announce the full thing, but we are working on some training, um, mm-hmm. to help everyone kind of get the foundational knowledge they need in web three. So if they are going to go and get, you know, a job at Coinbase or wherever, um, there's something that you're going to be able to take and learn from that will be free, um, for all of our community that will kind of help you get up to speed on all things web three, uh, look for that coming in probably the next couple of weeks. Ooh. Let's talk some news. You want to talk Let's some, talk news, some news? Let's talk some news. Uh, yeah. First up, we're, we're going to chat about NFTs. What is going on in the NFT space? Uh, there's never a shortage of news in the NFT space. First up, uh, Seth Green. So Seth Green is an actor who bought a board ape years ago, uh, or not years ago. Board apes is only a year old. So I guess he bought it within the last year. And uh, he was planning and has been writing a show featuring his board ape and about two or three weeks ago his wallet got hacked and his ape got stolen and so he went on this crusade on twitter to try to get his ape back because now that he's he's designed this created this whole show he's ready to launch the show and literally right before i think he was like days before he was about to launch the show his wallet gets hacked his ape gets stolen. So his main character in his show is now gone and he no longer owns the rights to that character because it's held by somebody else. And so, oh shit, what does he do, right? So this played out over the last few weeks. Essentially what happened was uh, because of blockchain and transparency, you could see that this ape was purchased by 
another wallet. Somebody did some investigating, found that this wallet was owned by a Twitter account. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, Dark Wilder or something like that. And so people, everybody's on Twitter messaging this Dark Wilder guy, trying to get him to respond. And Seth Green's like, hey, man, I want to buy the eight back off you. Like, what, what's it going to take? Like, let's work out a deal. Like, I got a lot of invested in this, in the IP of this ape um, and no response, nothing. So it's probably a week of all of this and no response. And everyone's like, well, I guess Seth's not going to get this ape back. And then I think it was BuzzFeed of all people got in, got deep into the investigation and tried harder to find this, this guy found that the owner of this ape is a surgeon in Australia who what? just doesn't use this Twitter account. And so he had no idea that any of this was happening. Finally, they reach him and he's just, he's just a regular dude. He's not, he's not trying to cause any trouble. Cause obviously, so to be clear, the ape was stolen. Whoever stole it, reposted it and so, sold okay. it. Right. Right. Um, so uh, he's not the one who sold it. And so, yeah. So now they find him. He's like, He's like, of course, I'll talk to Seth Green and figure out a deal where we can sell him the ape. So <laughs> it seems to have been, I, at this point, it's been taken offline. I'm sure they've resolved it privately um, in some manner, whether Seth has bought the ape back or whether I didn't, um, they've just- I didn't realize that he was getting it back. I didn't realize that. Um, do you ever watch Entourage? Did you ever watch that? Yes, yeah. So Seth Green was in Entourage quite a bit and he was always very mean <laughs> to uh to the main character e and i really liked e uh so i always don't really like seth <laughs> seth green because of that so when i first heard the story i was like ha you, you had it coming <laughs> <laughs> i love entourage such a good show <laughs> entourage, entourage is a great show i wasn't i wasn't a massive fan but it was a great show no. oh man uh, i've seen it what, so what i find times. interesting about this though just to to dive a little deeper is had Seth Green licensed the IP of his ape to his production company, none of this would have been an issue. And this gets into the whole concept of licensing NFTs, which we are mm. fairly new in this space. Right. Obviously, everything is new. But if you guys remember uh, a couple of months ago, Coinbase made an announcement that they are producing a movie, movie trilogy. I think it's called the, the Dengen Trilogy. I always want to call it the Degen Trilogy, but it's the Dengen Trilogy, which is a movie trilogy that they're making with Board Ape Yacht Club and Mutant Ape Yacht Club. And so the way that that movie is working is if you are the owner of a Board Ape or a Mutant Ape, you could... Uh, audition, audition, I don't know exactly know what the audition is, but you could basically present that, okay, I want my ape featured in the movies and you would put it up. And if they chose your ape, then they would do an on-chain licensing agreement whereby that movie owns the licensing rights to your, use your ape in the movie and in any future usage of that of that character. This is like getting into how movie licensing works basically, mm. right? Because, you know, when actors go on movies, they're giving up the right of their, their name and their, the character that they're creating to be used in that movie, but then also be used on t-shirts and merch and blah, 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 right down the road. And so uh, what's so interesting about this though, is if you make that licensing deal because it's made on chain, any secondary sales of 
the NFT moving forward do not know that licensing deal. It actually goes with the NFT. So if mm. in this case, if the ape was stolen, the licensing deal still holds strong and Seth Green can still use the ape in the way that he had planned to use it. So that's- now- those deals done in like contracts, like normal contracts, like just like, you know, pen and paper kind of thing at the that, moment, I would assume. I would assume that at the moment that's where they're it, done, but I it's going to be that- interesting when this gets built out into smart contracts, right? And someone yes. builds a protocol around this where it's like, you have your NFT and you can set the licensing, you can set the royalties, you can set like all these things exactly. and it just all kind of happens based off code. That's going to be really cool. And especially if someone can do that in a no code way where just like the whole industry can just tap into it Mm -hmm. and use it. Um, Yeah. Those kind of things, when those get built out, that's when like, it's just going to be just disrupt the entire industry. Super interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, and especially because right now, really what NFTs are is ownership of IP, right? And so uh, where do you go with that? And actually we're going to talk about another Let's, let's keep moving through. We're going to talk about another oh. NFT that's CC0, and that is a different type of ownership. And so there's different, different types of ownership you have with your NFTs. So this is interesting. This is um, what's called Love, Death, and Art. So this is a new, I think it's a, a, a show or a series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they just launched. And what they also launched with their launch onto Netflix was a... Um, call it like a scavenger hunt, I guess, uh, for NFTs. I think there's nine NFTs uh, all throughout the, the digital world. Um, so I think it's like on Twitter and probably in Discord, et cetera. And basically you're looking for these QR codes. And when you find it, you scan it and you mint um, an NFT. And so there's nine of them that you can get to like get the whole collection. And so it's just a really cool, um, I guess, marketing tool to mm-hmm. um, to kind of get people engaged and involved in this in this series, right? Um, and who knows, maybe these, these NFTs end up becoming like assets that you, you know, have some value to them more. It's just like anyone who actually does this, which is, I mean, there's a lot of people that just want NFTs. Like we NFT gated our discord community and people were trying to game the system. It's like, it was just a PO app. You can't even sell it. You can't even send it to another wallet. And people were trying to get like hundreds of them. I'm like, yeah, I was like, what are you doing, man? This is just an access into a, a community. You can't do anything with it anyway. So, I mean, people love this stuff. They want to go scan these QR codes, mint these NFTs. And so I think it just, it engages people. It's kind of fun. Um, I don't know what the NFTs look like, um, but it's the, the fact that it's like a collector's item from this. People want to try and get all nine. So I'm sure it's going to, you know, get a bunch of engagement and stuff on social people trying to find it and stuff. So really cool marketing tool. And I could see mm-hmm. this being used for any product. Like it doesn't have to be just a show on Netflix. Um, but you know, this is just a great, it's a great idea. Um, I love that. Yeah, me too. No, it's fantastic. Okay. Next up, we've got Goblin Town, which the website might load. This website always breaks my computer. Uh, so you might've heard of Goblin Town NFT. Let me just, if you haven't heard about it, let me just give you the background context here. So NFTs, the NFT market as a whole has dipped as the whole market has dipped with the bear market. Uh, surprisingly, the NFT market has held strong um, at a certain point, which I think surprised a lot of us because a lot of us thought that the NFT, NFTs is such a speculative space and a lot of the NFT projects go to zero. A lot of people thought that NFTs would just go to zero, but it's held, it's held relatively strong. But there hasn't been a lot of projects coming out that people were excited about and people were buying. And then this project came out um, in the last few weeks called Goblin Town. It was a free mint 
And I don't know what it is today, but the last I checked, it was over two ETH uh, floor. So this project just blew up. And the question is like, why? What, what happened here? What's, what is this project? And so um, what's, what this project is, is it's an example of how narrative is everything in Web3. I don't know if you guys, now this website is playing music and that might be very distracting. We can't hear it, don't worry. You can't hear it? Okay, good. Um, So here's what's interesting with the project. No roadmap, no Discord, which I kind of love, no utility, CC0, and contract wasn't written by any actual goblins, but it was, and it was a free mint. So very interesting. The art is... I don't know, it's kind of grows on you actually. Initially, I thought the art was super ugly, but it's sort of grown on you. And basically what happened here is whoever the the team is Anon, whoever the team is developed this project in a a time when, okay, there's this sort of this analogy of like going to Goblin Town is the equivalent of a bear market. Like we're all going to Goblin Town and there's a meme that's been passed around for the past few months that was quite popular that talked about this. I think this comes from Lord of the Rings is where this originally comes from is the the Goblin Town reference. Uh, But the idea here is, okay, you've got this, you got great art, you've got a capturing narrative that everybody cares about. Everybody feels like we're going to Goblin Town. And all of a sudden you get a bunch of attention towards this project and this project has done really, really well. And I think there's a, definitely a portion of people in the NFT space that are very interested in this idea of CC0 as well, right? That you, and maybe we should just explain what CC0 is. So CC0 is uh, Creative Commons Zero. Essentially it means that you do not own the creative license of the asset, anybody can then go use it. So anybody, it's like um, royalty-free stuff online, right? So anybody can take any one of these NFTs and they can put it on a t-shirt or they can make a website out of it. Literally, the ownership is free, available to anybody. And so what happens with CC0 projects is people are excited about them because like NounsDAO is another example of a CC0 project. MFers, I think, is another one. MFers is another one. Blitmap, I think, was the first one. Um, It really captures the creativity of the world and says, hey, we're going to put this out and anybody can use it. And then you say, okay, well, why would I want to invest in a CC0 project? Well, you still own the NFT, which if all of a sudden a whole bunch of people are making Goblin Town t-shirts, which gets a lot more eyeballs on Goblin Town, then your NFT can go up in value. Uh, and so that's why you would, you know, you still want to own it. So really interesting project to see just explode in the last few weeks. Yeah, I think it's it's the root of all this is community, right? Mm-hmm. And basically what they've done here is like you said, there's no roadmap, no nothing. Uh, but I assume everyone who owns these Goblin NFTs, they're going to form some great community because they all, I don't know, are really into whatever the idea of this is, right? And so we'll see where it goes. It's definitely an experiment. So we're not saying go buy a Goblin Town no. NFT by any means. Um, it's just interesting to see how these communities keep getting formed. Like it's the most random stuff, the things that you think wouldn't work, right? Like mm-hmm. no roadmap, no nothing. And it's like, and these are the things that always work in Web3. It's really, Web3 is so interesting. 
mm-hmm. but that's what you need. You need this innovation and experimentation to to see what the heck what the heck works and. And, and, and you nailed it when you said it's all about community is people are looking to be part of communities that they can relate to. Right. A lot of people feel the pressures, the bear market, and they want to be in a community where everyone can just talk about that and how tough that is. I heard that they had a Twitter spaces uh, the other day, and apparently it was like 2000 people all just making goblin noises for hours. Like just just hours of goblin noises. Like it's the thing. What? There's so many people on the internet, and we have no idea what people are interested in. It's like it's like you know those YouTube videos where it's like I don't know people like I don't know combing a hair, like making these like you know putting their hands through like mud or something, and like, like people the noise, love that. Like, like yeah, ASMR, like noises. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. People love that shit. There's like millions and millions of views, and it's like who would have thought, right? Same kind of thing here. Um, we'll see. I mean, I wonder. <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. Let's just go on to the next. I, don't, I got nothing else to say on that. Uh, Kanye West, my man. I, lo- I I love Kanye. Well, actually, I love old Kanye. Kanye's new stuff is not so great. Um, so there you go. I like country, but I also like Kanye. Kanye West files trademarks to launch NFTs around the Yeezus brand. Um, it's funny. Scroll down one. There was this like meme slash like I don't know. Kanye like tripped out like months ago about NFTs. Just like calling them. I forget what he said. Like there's like a video down at the bottom. But anyway. Um, you don't need to click on it, but just, he's like, was completely against them, uh, supposedly. And then he wrote some note or maybe someone made it. I don't know if it was like a fake thing, but basically just like saying, do not ask me to do a fucking NFT. Right. And, uh, so you can exit out of this. So it looks like, and maybe it wasn't Kanye who was the one who said this, but, um, it looks like his brand uses is going to do something with NFTs. Um, and, uh, that's huge. That's a lot of people that like Yeezus. A lot of people are like watching what they do and they want, I mean, I'm sure this NFT is going to do insane because um, he's just, he's such a star in this world, right? There's so many mm-hmm. people following what he does. Um, and so I think this is going to be another big thing that puts NFTs on the map. And it's interesting because, you know, we're in a bear market. People are like, oh my God, everything's dying. Yet, like when you look at what's going on with NFTs, there's still so much innovation happening. And again, I don't mm-hmm. know what they're going to do, but I would bet it's something different because that's what Kanye always does. Um, but just even yeah. the, like the Netflix thing we just talked about and the goblin thing, it's like bear markets don't matter to NFTs because there's just so much innovation in this space. Um, I think this just continues no matter how long this, this bear market comes, um, goes for, and even now we got like Prada is joining a top, um, so Prada, a top luxury brand is also launching NFTs. Um, it's like a time capsule. I think it's like digital apparel or something like that. Uh, but what was mm-hmm. interesting about this, I thought Jay is that Prada is also launching a discord community. And, you know, it's interesting to hear, see like a luxury brand going to drop a discord community. Like that just seems so odd. Um, but I, I mean, I get it. Obviously community is everything, yeah. especially in web three and, and Prada gets that, I guess. Um, very interested to see who joins that discord. Yeah. I think the discord community is interesting to me. And also like we've said this so many times on this podcast, the application of NFTs for luxury brands is so obvious because there's so much, there's so many fakes in luxury brands. And so using NFTs as a validation or a verification or certification of ownership of authenticity, like it it makes so much sense. And this is just the start of, of that. Okay. There's, there's the wrap on the NFT news. Let's switch over to what's going on in web three social. 
Man, lots is going on Web3 Social. Uh, and actually tomorrow we interview Brad, who is head of growth at Lens Protocol. I've been really excited for this one for a while. We were waiting for Lens to launch, which they did uh, two weeks ago during the professional yeah, conference. Um, I don't even think it's launched like to the public fully yet, but just no. for people who have engaged and kind of thing. Um, but you can create, if you can see up on the screen here, you can now create your lens protocol profile. Uh, and so I have mine up here. I think I'm the only person that actually used a picture of me instead of like an NFT or something. Like, if you scroll <laughs> through the, like come on, list Kai. Of people. Yeah, I think I'm the only one. Um, and uh, look at this. I got three followers. I don't even know how to see who is following me. Uh, but Jay's got the profile up. Right now, it's basically you can connect your wallets and you basically mint a lens um, a lens handle, I guess you can call it. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, you know, what it would be when you create your Instagram profile and et cetera. Um, and you create it here, but it, it minted as an NFT. Uh, and now it's yours. You keep that. You own that. Um, and basically, the idea here is you can follow people. When you follow them, you basically just sign a message in your wallet um, to say that you like actually want to follow them. Um, and then you can start to create content and, um, and the people that follow you, whether you create content on X app or not Y app or Z app, whatever they can, they just follow you from app to app. So when someone follows you, it's not like following on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, it's following you on the underlying, you know, technology, which is lens. Um, and then they just kind of move with you. They're ported around with you to each of the apps that are built on top of lens. Um, which is super cool. And again, we'll talk more about this with Brad so you guys can have a, a deep understanding of it all. Yeah, I think we don't need to dive too deep into it, but you nailed it when you said what is so fascinating about this. And it kind of connects back to the Unstoppable Domains podcast that we did a few weeks ago about NFT domains is how nice would it be to have one social media handle that everything right. connects to. Like right. talk about simplifying our life, right? And then being able to have true ownership of your followers, of your content, not right. having the risk of being deplatformed. Jay, do you think that the big social platforms now end up building on top of Lens or do you think that we got to reinvent all the social apps? I'm going to ask Brad this obviously, but I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I, I, think, I think we got to reinvent like we're having, we're having uh, Evan, the uh, founder of Disco.xyz, on the podcast in about a month. Uh, they're one that are they're reinventing. Uh, right. The reason I say we got to reinvent is, do we do we believe that somebody like a Facebook, one of these big tech companies, is going to be willing to? allow us to own our content and to take it off of their platform when their revenue model is purely based upon their, their ownership. I think that they're not going to be able, it's not about allowing us. It's that they're going to be forced to do this. Like already yeah. they're launching NFTs on Instagram and they are not creating their own walled garden. They are plugging into Ethereum, right? Mm -hmm. um, because they realize that digital property is what people want and that has to be on a decentralized blockchain in order for that to be a thing. Um, so I think at some point they're going to have to. And so we'll see if the, it's kind of like Robin, we talked last week, I think it was about Robin hood sort of almost disrupting their own business, right. Yeah. By creating a, a, a digital custody, a non-custodial wallet um, so that people can custody their own stuff. It's basically disrupting their own thing. Social media is going to have to do it. And I don't know who does it first. I mean, maybe it's Twitter with Elon. Someone's got to do it. Um, so we'll see. I'm really interested to see how this whole thing plays out because social media is just so big. So I'm so, big. Ex so excited for this conversation and, and such a big 
onboarding ramp to right, Web3 right. as well, yeah, yeah, right? Too. Which is something we talk a lot about. What's going to bring the next billion people onto Web3? Okay, sticking with the um, social media tr- uh, thread, Linktree has made a big announcement uh, that they are going to release new NFT features uh, for um, for their users. Now, you guys might know Linktree. Linktree is the um, the company that allows you to Basically, everybody on Instagram uses this so that, uh, and Twitter too, so that you can show a lot of links from, you know, to your followers. Because the issue that we all have is we have all of these creators that have massive followings, but they have no, these platforms don't make it easy for you to take your followers off the platform, right? And so Mm. Linktree aims to, to solve that. And the big thing that Linktree is doing is they are now having NFT profile images. And what's funny about this is they're doing the hexagon shape. So are we seeing a little bit of a trend here? Mm. Twitter had the hexagon shape first for the NFT profile picture. Is that going to be Instagram too? So is that going to be the new trend that we see, the new UX of uh, NFT profile pictures? Um, But what they're they're allowing you to do is by having... um, the, the NFT profile picture, now what you can start to build is you can, your followers can through Linktree connect their wallet and then they can follow you through Linktree. So essentially it will, it will be a way that you can take your followers across platform, right? In a sort of getting around the current model, right? The current platforms owning your, your followers. So yeah, really, super cool, really cool, really interesting to see. It's, you know, it's gradually and then suddenly, right? This is what the Bitcoiners always said about adoption of Bitcoin. I think this is exactly Mm -hmm. what's happening now with adoption of Web3 uh, is gradually and then suddenly it's just everyone's Mm going to be fighting for um, to move to move to the Web3 world like this. So super cool. All right. To the ones and twos. To the ones and twos. <laughs> <laughs> this is our new section because there's always a lot of information about layer ones and layers twos. And as I was writing it, I realized on the ones and twos, right? We we're on the ones and twos. Was that like a DJ set that we call that? Um, that's the ones and twos. And uh, so this is the ones and twos uh, layer edi- blockchain edition, I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll get smoother um, with our intro. Yeah, terrible joke, but it will be a good joke at some point in our lives, I hope. Uh, okay, let's start with let's start with layer ones. Uh, layer ones. Um, speaking of jokes, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Luna Two has been <laughs> Luna Two has launched. Uh, was it May 28th? Um, so basically, what this is is they have essentially forked the Terra blockchain. Um, we talked about this last week that it was going to happen. Um, it is now live. It is the uh, a fork from the existing blockchain, but it does not rely on UST anymore. So it does not rely on an algorithmic stablecoin or an under-collateralized stablecoin. Um, where they go with this or what they do, I don't know. I mean, they had a bunch of applications which were on Terra Luna and they basically were non-existent once that blockchain dies. So like, mm-hmm. this is the opportunity, I think, for them to continue to build and try to innovate. Um, and uh, so it's it's more, I think, for them to to stay alive. Um, mm-hmm. How this goes, I don't know. I mean, I got airdropped some tokens. Um, I sold them, unfortunately. Uh, I just, I don't see the benefit in this project. Like the whole project was built around this algorithm stablecoin that failed. 
we don't need another blockchain. So like, what's, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Right. Um, there was a lot of shady stuff. I think Do Kwan is like, I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on with him, but he's getting sued by like people in South Korea and shit. Um, it's just a mess. It's not a project I want to be anything a part of. Um, though I do feel for the developers of the applications like Anchor, et cetera, and Mirror and that, um, because they actually did build some really cool stuff. And so hopefully they can, I mean, hopefully this can either work out or they can go, you know, elsewhere. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll see how and, this plays out. And, and, and I feel for the, I really feel for the investors, especially mm-hmm. the little guys who lost the amount of people that I've seen that lost, you know, big, big dollars. They lost their life savings. You know, there's something to be said about being careful with your investments and always being expecting it to go to zero. But, you know, I, I really, my, my sympathy goes to those people sure. who lost in, in this, through this experiment, because really, you know, what we saw was like, you know, Bitcoin was the big thing. And then, Ethereum was the big thing. And then Luna was like, that was the big thing really of the past year. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, and Doquan, you know, Doquan had, you know, become the master of stable coin, I think was his, his line <laughs> that he kept using. It changed his, his Twitter handle, you know, and everybody, you know, really smart young guy that was doing good things and seemed to be doing it for the right reasons. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it's disappointing for the space. I heard that something like 80% of tokens airdropped were put up on the market and sold immediately. And what the price went from like $20 to $6. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, just, just a still short a, term. We'll see what abs- happens there. But if you want fire. to learn about sustainable blockchains, check out our most recent podcast mm-hmm. with Sam Andrew that we did on Tuesday of this week. Um, really, really interesting to look at the space and to understand like what blockchains need to do to actually be sustainable because it's so important. And we're seeing it here with yeah. Luna. Like if you're going to build your assets or build your company or build your protocols on top of a blockchain, it needs to be a profitable and sustainable blockchain. I can't stress this enough. And I don't think enough people in this industry understand it. Um, so mm-hmm. it is a technical podcast, I would say. Um, but try to learn it if you're, especially if you're a builder or you want to do something in the yeah. space, like you need to understand this stuff. All right, let's go to the next one. Is another layer one. Uh, Solana. This is breaking news. Solana's breaking again. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what to say. Like this thing, it goes down every month at least. Uh, and like literally just shut completely down, halted, like no more block space being, um, uh, being produced, uh, which is, I mean, completely against this whole space, right? The whole idea here mm-hmm. is that we have these permissionless blockchains that just always work 24 seven. You have trust guarantee. We don't have guarantees with Solana because every month for the last, I don't know what it's been like a year, it goes down for an extended period of time. And they've got a, you know, you see the tweets on Twitter of like everyone, all the validators get in discord. We're trying to reboot the system, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I mean, I hope they figure it out because I think there's a lot of, you know, great stuff happening on Solana. I just, again, I mean, I've talked about this many, many times, like the solution to, to scalable blockchains, in my opinion, and, and a lot of people's opinions that are in the space is layer ones with layer twos, right? Where you have the layer ones that focus on decentralization. So they never shut down. And then you have mm-hmm. layer twos, which focus on scalability. Solana, unfortunately, is not that. Uh, and most of the all L1s are not that, though some of mm-hmm. them are going that direction. And I think all of them will go that direction in the future. Um, because you just can't have it all in one, um, which is what it seems Solana is trying to do. We'll see. Hopefully they can figure it out. Now we move to the twos, to the layer twos, optimism. <laughs> We've talked a lot about optimism in the past. 
uh, at about the airdrop that they were going to do and the growth that I predicted they would have. Uh, this was, I don't know, maybe a month ago. They did their drop airdrop um, yesterday to distribute their tokens to the users and their governance to the users as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it was super cool. I claimed my tokens that I had um, and, and that was great. They seen some incredible um, activity on Ethereum. So basically they said we hit a couple of major high watermarks yesterday in terms of transaction count. Our hourly rate peaked at 12 transactions per second, averaging about 10 transactions per second, matching Ethereum itself while consuming less than 5% of its gas. So meaning it has as much transactions as Ethereum has, which if, if uh, Ethereum is there, then it's like, you know, 10, 20, $30 per transaction um, in gas. Well, Optimus will be able to do that while keeping their gas under like a dollar, right? Um, I think it's less than a dollar. So yeah. that's how you scale. They said they even spiked up at 22 um, transactions per second, which Ethereum can't even do. Um, and again, all of this is being settled on Ethereum. So you have the security like Ethereum mm -hmm. and we're already at levels with layer two where we are scaling to Ethereum levels and more at super cheap prices at scale. Um, so really cool to see that. Now there were some issues in this airdrop. It wasn't perfect. It was mainly in the, in the, um, uh, user interface though, like the, the, uh, the front end side of it, I think that had mm -hmm. issues. It wasn't like the blockchain itself. Um, so yeah, kudos to to optimism for seeing and, and handling that much and, and just proving that like layer twos are here and they're and they're ready to to handle the scale that we need. Well, and and you 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 obviously got some of these tokens in this airdrop. How how did collecting those tokens go for you with so, this process? So okay, first of all, Optimus did an incredible job. I had the biggest scare of my life, I think, in crypto. Uh, after it all finished, I realized I had nothing to do with blockchain at all. Actually, the UX was was actually really well done. What happened was I have two wallets that could claim this airdrop, and so I claimed it on the one pretty easily with my MetaMask, and then I had my ledger, and I plugged it in. I hadn't used it in a little while. My ledger plugged it in and went through all the steps and like tried to confirm the transaction and I couldn't do it and I couldn't really figure out what was going on. And then it gave this sort of weird error. And I was like going through MetaMask and ledger support, trying to figure this stuff out. So it's just kind of clicking things. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me. I was like, fuck, did I just click on like a phishing site or something? Like I never actually double checked the site was like the right site. And then I looked at my wallet balance and it was zero. And I was like, no, literally my heart dropped. I started sweating. I was like, what the hell is going on? And for like five seconds, I was like, this is the worst day of my life. And then I realized that I was on the Optimism Network on my wallet, not on like the other networks that all my assets are on and realized, okay, this, I didn't actually lose anything. I'm actually all good. And then I started touching the wire and realized that I just didn't plug my ledger in fully. And so that's why I couldn't <laughs> click the confirm button. So like the, the experience actually was perfectly normal. Everything would have been super easy. Uh, it was actually quite impressive and how they did. I've done other claiming other airdrops and it's quite difficult. Um, they did a cool, like um, you had to, so you actually had to read a sheet uh, explaining what optim optimism was, about mm. what they want to do and their governance, et cetera. Mm. And you had to answer three questions and they were not easy questions. So like, I actually had to go back and read it all because I didn't at the beginning. Huh. So that was really cool to learn. And then you got to delegate your votes. And um, I actually dele delegated to David Michal, who we had in this podcast before. Mm -hmm. um, so I delegated to him and then uh, and then you got to claim. And it was, it was very nice UX. Um, so good job, optimism. I screwed up though and just didn't have my ledger plugged in fully. So just <laughs> but, but, uh, but that definitely touches on pr probably the biggest UX issue of yeah. the Web3 space is 
is self-custody is scary as shit and very very i don't know if it's not difficult difficult's the wrong word it's the thing is it's uh, not difficult at all no it's definitely not difficult it's like, um the first time you do it i guess it's a, there's a learning curve no a, doubt there's a little bit right? yeah, but you could anybody could watch a youtube video and you know right exactly take, you could figure it's this out just, in 10 to 20 minutes it's not when it's the potential that you can lose the money exactly. and there's just nothing you can do about it and that exactly. part is just so scary it makes it that way, is scary yeah it makes things way worse than they are but um, let's be clear here there is solutions coming for this, which I think is the the thing that I I am so excited about is I think that a lot of us think, oh, how are we ever going to solve? There's always going to be scammers. There's always going to be people fishing and attacking and trying to steal your assets. Regardless, I mean, that's just unfortunate part of humanity. Um, there's just bad actors in the world. Uh, so I think there's this fear that like, okay, well, how am I ever going to figure this out? you know, for somebody who just doesn't want to deal with the fear of losing all their assets, there is better solutions, different wallets coming out, different ways to manage seed phrases, different yeah. ways to, to, to really secure your assets that won't have these current challenges that we have right now. Right. The tech is improved, but honestly, you know, what can improve the most. And this is as, you know, we are um, growth marketers with our, with our agency. And so we think a lot about customer journey and you know what web three needs more than anything. And it's, I almost want to, I think maybe we need to start a business on this Jay um, is they just need to improve the copy around what you're doing, where, mm. what I mean is like telling you what's happening while you do yes. it. Like there's times yeah. where you like, you do a transaction and it takes a little bit and you're like, did it, did it not work? Like, did I just yeah. lose my money? And like, all you totally. have to do is just put a little thing beside the loading bar there that says like the transaction is being processed. This may take, you know, 20 to 30 seconds or whatever. Like, yeah. don't worry. It's fine. If you just said that all good, you know, but they don't even do those things. Like my ledger wasn't plugged in. All it had to do was say your ledger is not connected. <laughs> Instead it was like, it was like connect your ledger to H S D I something, right. whatever. And so yeah. like, I'm Googling what the hell that means. Web H I D yeah. or whatever. I was totally. Like, what's going on? And then I realized, oh, it was like saying it's not coming. So it's like, if we just had some better copy around that, around customer yeah. journey, I think it would fix so much. Yeah. Yeah. If, if anybody out there wants to start a business, hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Hit me up on Twitter and discord. Let's, let's talk. Um, okay. So this is really cool. So again, if you listen to our podcast last week or earlier this week, we talked about the sustainability of blockchains and how they must be profitable. Right. And so um, this was a post by, what is it? I live in Lambo. I don't know what that <laughs> is. Uh, but anyway, he just put, posted a picture of, um, of the, the fees generated. So the revenue of various different blockchains, two of them being the um, uh, layer twos. So Optimism and Arbitrum. And then it has Avalanche, Cardano, Phantom, and Near Protocol, uh, which are all layer ones. And in the last seven days, Optimus and Arbitrum are earning more revenue than Avalanche, Cardano, Phantom, and Near Protocol, almost combined, actually. Actually, it is combined if you were to combine mm -hmm. the two layer twos yeah. with all those layer ones. And this is also, they earn more than Solana. They earn more than all of the layer ones, these two layer twos. Now, here's the point that he didn't make here, which I wish he would have. So in order to be profitable in a blockchain, you have revenues and then you have expenses, which is inflation. Jay, let me ask you something here. Do you know what the expenses are of Optimism and Arbitrum 1? The expenses of layer two are. I mean, it'd be very low. It'd be very low because zero. they're using ETH. 
Exactly. Zero. They don't, yeah. they don't need to do any inflating of their currency because yeah. they don't have validators because they just use the, I mean, I guess their fee is paying the transaction on Ethereum, but it's one transaction right. kind of yeah. thing per whatever. So like it's, it's much lower. Um, and, uh, whereas Avalanche is spending millions a day and Cardano is spending millions a day and Phantom and Nier and Solana are all spending millions a day, yet they're earning under 40,000. And then you have Optimus and Arbitrum already, they haven't even been around for a year yet earning over $60,000 uh, a day uh, and they have basically no expenses. It's not, no, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's very, very yeah. low. Yeah. Um, so again, just in terms of sustainability, it just makes so much sense. And I just hope people are understanding this. <laughs> All right. Our last big piece of news for the day, I guess, is if you've been on Twitter, then you've seen there's these tech experts that are lobbying in Washington, criticizing crypto and blockchain. I guess it was 26. Oh my gosh. Here we go again. Just, yeah. Right. They wrote a letter. Well, I don't even know why, like what, 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 are you, what are they trying to accomplish? But anyway, they wrote a letter to Washington saying that crypto is risky, flawed and unproven. And was it that they should make regulation or they should not give in to what the web three industry is saying? I don't know. You can go to the letter. If you go to the next one. I, I think it was that they should, they should make regulation, but they should resist crypto lobbying and they shouldn't. I mean, it was a, basically it was saying that crypto is dangerous and web three is dangerous. And so right. don't, don't I, listen. I could just, uh, I don't know who these, so scroll to the bottom. You can actually see the names. Let's just show it. Maybe someone knows. I just imagine them all being white hair, old, you know, yeah. angry people and probably working and getting paid for by the banks. I don't know. I have no idea who any of these people are, so I don't really have a massive opinion here. I did read the letter. Um, they're just kind of, all they were saying is like, the stuff is not proven. It's not going to be the like game changer innovation that they say it can be. And what they actually said, which was the line that kind of pissed me off was like, just because there's an innovation that potentially could change things in technology doesn't mean it needs to be built. I was like, who mm -hmm. says that? What, what are you talking about? Why would you not experiment and try this? Like, so I don't know who these technologists are. There's literally no recognizable names. I think the best take here was Jake Travinsky, who is, um, if you don't follow this guy, you probably should, although he hasn't really tweeted much in a while, but he's like the head lawyer in crypto. Uh, anytime there's anything going on in regulation, I go to him to see what's going on because this guy just, he gets it. He's very level-headed. And his tweet was, we could write a letter to Congress with 10x stronger arguments in favor of crypto innovation signed by 10x more leading engineers and entrepreneurs, but not get 1% of the media attention this handful of misinformed skeptics generated today. Luckily, media narrative is not reality. So basically, you know, people love the FUD. The media loves the FUD, but like, who cares? Because this isn't what actually like Washington's talking mm -hmm. about. Um, Washington is having good conversations with this industry. This is all just FUD and just a bunch of shit in the media. So don't take it too seriously. But in yeah, all that's fairness, a great point. fuck these I 26. Couldn't... <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe how much media attention, because this is right. the problem with media, right? It got so much attention that people, myself included, start to think, oh, like, what this must be real this must be something i should pay attention to and then you start to think maybe crypto is bad not that i would think that but you know and that's why please 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 be skeptical of the media the right. there is they're looking for clickbait and headlines and they're producing narratives which draw the most amount of attention and what draws the most amount of attention fud unfortunately like right. FUD, violence, controversy, conflict. That's what draws the most amount of attention. So be right. skeptical. 
you know, make your own decisions, have your own opinion. Don't believe everything the media says. Uh, yeah. Well said. Well said. All right. Before we wrap up, I want to encourage uh, and put a little bit of a, a shill in for more opportunities to get involved in discussions like this. So what we've realized is as our podcast grows and we have this community growing and we have so many listeners, podcast is one way. It's one, we're, we're here talking, but you guys don't have a chance to ask us questions. You know, there might be, I'm sure on every podcast, every podcast I listen to, there's always something I want to dive deeper into. I want to know more about, well, we want to give you guys that opportunity. So starting every Monday, moving forward, starting this coming Monday in our discord community, we are going to have a podcast discussion. Uh, we're actually not looking for this to be a large event of hundreds of people. If it became that, we would probably restructure it. Uh, but right now, we're thinking five to 10 people come out Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you want to eat and bring your dinner, or if you want to you know, have it after dinner, or if you're somewhere else in the world, join in your own time zone. Uh, but the idea is that it's just going to be a small group to discuss. Uh, the price of entry is that you listen to one of our podcasts in the past week. And we'll dive into each podcast and discuss the news. We'll discuss the interview that we had and just share. The, the big thing here is that, you know, we all need more opportunity to ask questions. We all need more opportunity to say things like, I don't know, or I'm confused. And we want to create a space, a safe space where you can come out and say, I'm confused. I didn't understand this. Can you explain this more to me? Uh, and that's going to be happening in the Discord. Uh, join, or maybe join maybe you have a it. different take. Maybe you yeah. maybe you have a different like a, a an opinion that's different than what we talked about in the podcast. Like we want to hear that. We are also learning. That's why we have you know experts mm -hmm. come on the podcast every week. Even the experts we bring on are still learning. So like we really just want to open up a spot for for conversation and discussion. And so Mondays at seven p.m. EST uh, is the time for now. Hit us up if you want to join and that time doesn't work for you. Cause maybe you're in Europe and I understand that's the middle of your night. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. so hit us up in our discord and just like, you know, send us a message and we can try to find different times if needed, but we're going to start there and see how this goes. Um, but think of it as a web three meetup, but instead of in person, we're going to allow anyone in the world to do it and come, um, in the, in, uh, and, and do so in discord and the digital world, in the metaverse, let's have a chat. Uh, if you're not in the Discord, the link is in the show notes below, so you can be in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's, there's the roll-up. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have an amazing week. Be kind. Love yourself. Hug your family. You know, keep, keep spreading the good vibes. And uh, until next time, yeah, have a good one. We'll see you next week, friends. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. And if it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. By the way, if you have yet to join the Discord community, you are missing out. This is where all the magic happens. This is where we learn, where we ask questions, where we network. Uh, you want to be in there. The link to join is in the description below. And finally, a quick disclaimer. Nothing in this podcast was financial advice. Crypto and Web3 can be risky. You can literally lose it all. In fact, if you invest on account of what we say, you probably will lose it all. So don't do that. In all honesty, the point of this podcast is to remove the noise of markets and price and focus on utility and implementation anyway. So you should not take any of this as financial advice. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.